say the rebel reclamation with us. We have the right to fully embody life and connection with nature and her cycles. We empower ourselves and others without apology or harm, aware and in awe of our united potential. We welcome the light and the shadow, knowing that the source of both is one singular divine power. With the wisdom of our ancestors and the hope of our future descendants, we lean into the unknown with grace. We release that which no longer serves us and manifest that which does. We make our own rules and then sometimes we break them. We are radical and wild. I am your red sister, Sarah. This is your dark sister, Sam. And we are rebel women with teacups. That was beautiful. Yay. 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 That felt really good. That felt really good. Sounded so good. hi. 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 How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. We just had some shenanigans. Like all morning. It was weird. <laughs> But it was lovely. I needed the laugh. I needed that belly laugh. Yeah. So it started out, we were supposed to record early this morning and then my internet was off. So then I, um, my internet was off. My, my electricity went out. There was a power line down. So then I couldn't boil the water and I couldn't get on the internet, <clears throat> but then it came back on. So then we were like, okay, let's do this. And then. <laughs> and then I get on and for a split second, Sam can hear me. And then suddenly I went silent. And I'm like, what's going on? So like start doing the things. I start looking at the preferences and making sure that the microphone is hooked in and I can see like my voice registering. There's that bar that lets you know that there's sound coming through. And I'm like, that's so weird. And then uh, I had to get into the chat box and I was like, well, I'll restart the Zoom conversation. And then it still didn't work. And then Sam was like, well, why don't you just reset your computer? And I was like, cool, cool. We'll do. Did all of that. And it still didn't work. And then <laughs> and then Sam realized that her volume was down. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard. My belly and my body needed it. That was so funny. <laughs> I'm so glad here we, we are. Glad we figured it out. Here we are. Beautiful. Okay. So uh, what tea are we drinking today, Sam? So we're drinking a tea from the Enchanted Candle Apothecary, um, a little sweet spot in Miamisburg and the owner- Ohio. Miamisburg, Ohio. Thank you. And the owner crafts her own tea blends. This tea blend is a caffeine-free blend called the Enchanted Forest Tea. The wellness attributes are <clears throat> whole body tonic, may assist with sinus discomfort, nasal drip, and respiratory congestion. And then the flavor profile and composition her, her descriptions are always pretty dreamy, uh, in addition to like ingredients. Okay. Stroll through the wonders of blackberry and spearmint leaf that offers a charming infusion of lemon balm, rosemary, linden, eleuthero root, wood, wood betony, betony, sure. betony and eucalyptus, <laughs> a delightful cup of berry and mint that will recharge your mind and body. You know, I did not read the description because this is, was uh, another one that you had purchased and gifted me a little bit of it. And I didn't look it up. And I was like, there is a very distinct smell and there's mm -hmm. a very distinct flavor because because in the midst of all this, when I was prepping to get ready to record before your we knew your power went out, I had already steeped it. So I was like, well, I'm just going to drink it because I didn't know if we were actually going to get to record today. Mm -hmm. And it when you said like eucalyptus, that was like a thousand percent. It's eucalyptus. Oh, interesting. 
it's very you can very much smell the spearmint like that mm-hmm. is like uh one of the main flavors of it mm-hmm. do you I'm have looking. two different teas going on uh i might yeah <laughs> that's cool i always have a tea and a coffee it's cool it's cool <laughs> well then i have my thermos of hot water too so i can continue brewing this yeah one. yeah so the um the dry herb itself looks looks very minty and then mm-hmm. there's i don't know what is the what's the leaf that it maybe it's lemon balm or eleuthero? Oh, yeah well i don't know eleuthero personally but i can definitely tell lemon balm for sure but there's one of the when you look at it dry there's one of the leaves and it's green but it has like white ruffly kind of edges it's like mm. like fluffy looking almost mm-hmm. um it reminds me of something but i i can't tell what it is it's so good i can't remember it's good I like it I'm also just like as past episodes have let you know I'm a tea drinker or I'm a peppermint tea drinker I absolutely love peppermint tea and so this is this one sits good with me oh hey I like your mug Mm, I like your mug I know it's tits out right now (laughs) (laughs) oh her little belly button I know it's that cute Okay. I love it. Describe it and then I'll describe yes. mine. Okay. So we were blessed to go to a little Yule gathering last night. It was very small and it, the food was delicious. So thank you, Neil, for the food. And thank you, Julian, for inviting us. Mm-hmm. And um, Julian gifted all of the the three women who came with um, very specifically, very tenderly picked out mugs. And so mine was a handmade mug. I mean, all of them are, but it has boobies on it and it's got a belly and it's just like, I just love it. I just love it. I like, I'm holding it up. Like people are going to see this. I have this problem that as we record in my brain, I think people are going to watch us, which maybe eventually we'll get to something like that, but it's very beautiful. It's a very, um, earthy looking mug, beautiful browns. And we will, I will be posting a picture of this. Oh, and I didn't even see, it's got a sweet little detail. Oh, is that the, the maker stamp? It could be. Yeah. Is it a spiral or is it set of circles? It's a spiral. Oh, it's beautiful. Sweet. This, yeah. yeah. So it's quite beautiful. It's got boobies. It's got a, a beautiful big belly. It's like a, a darker, darker clay. The top yeah. rim has a beautiful glaze. that's like yeah. drippy. And then the body of the, the feminine is unfinished. There's no glaze. It's just a yeah. like beautiful raw. Thank clay. you for going like super in detail. I guess I could have done that as well. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your mug. So I'm drinking out of, um, also a handmade mug. It is, um, it's fuller around the center and it's like, it's like blue glaze into like a green glaze. Mm -hmm. And then there's a big unglazed circle in the center that says, I love Kirtan. I love it. (laughs) And for those of our sweet listeners who might not know what Kirtan is, what is it, Siam? Kirtan is um, devotional singing. It's typically call and response. So there's a leader who says a mantra and then the all, all of the people who are there singing respond and they say the mantra back. And it's like improvisational singing and music playing and dancing. And it is a form of, it's an active and dynamic form of meditation that's very right brain, very feminine in nature in that it is like a creative expression and you, um, well, it's just the greatest and it's not about being a good singer. That's not what makes Mm -mm. you good at Kirtan. What makes Mm -hmm. you good at Kirtan is being willing to 
fully surrender into the moment and sing as though you're at the feet of the divine, like the divine is the only one that can hear you. And then your voice just explodes out of you. And even if it's not good, it doesn't matter because if you're singing in earnest, then it is incredible. And in fact, some of the best kirtan singing are the ones that are not like formally trained vocalists because there's so much more heart when it's like rough around the edges. I mean, beautiful kirtan singers obviously will transport you and Mm -hmm. like make you melt and bring tears to your eyes. But also somebody who isn't a trained professional singer or musician, they make fantastic kirtaniers. Yeah. And just be, and I agree with you because they're just, it's, there's no purpose other than for the joy and for the love of doing it. It's not to be impressive. It's not to be, oh, look at me. It's meant to be like you, like you said, you and the divine. Mm -hmm. It's just, it can be so beautiful. And when you, and witnessing people who are not the best singers or the best tune carriers, it is (laughs) like soul exploding to watch because they go ham. They go, they are in it to win it. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it gives everyone else permission because how many adults are like, yeah, I'm comfortable singing in a crowd. Most of us, unless we're trained vocalists are not. Yeah. So then how, because, you know, when we're little, you know, we, we would sing with Barney on the TV, whatever, you know, sing in kindergarten class and we would get together and sing and, and then. And it didn't matter. Right. None. And nobody was listening and judging you on whether or not you were good. And it's so freeing and liberating. And it, it raises our humanity when we get to do it together because everyone feels a little bit weird. And then one of my favorite parts about Kirtan is we scream Haribo, which means keep the transcendental vibrations going. So when someone sings and it moves you, whether it's from their strength and vulnerability of trying something new, or whether it's like, they were just like really, really in it. And you can tell they were like transported and inspired by the voice, of the divine moving through them. And you scream Haribo and everyone screams it together. It's, it's just, it's, and then they smile because how often do you have, you know, a crowd of 15 yeah, adults yeah. being like, you're great. <laughs> yes. Yes. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. Yeah. And just like, and just like you said, there's so many things that we have the freedom to do when not only we're children, but in school. And then that freedom, it's almost like an unwritten understanding that that freedom is not there in adulthood. And it's wild to me that that freedom is not available. Like, let's just, let's just fucking sing. Well, especially with like in uh, from like just standard American culture, but even from like a religious and spiritual um, aspect, like Judeo-Christian, there's there's so many regulations on how you can connect with with God and the divine Mm -hmm. and how you can Mm -hmm. speak and how you are supposed to approach. But Kirtan is like a collect call to God that God will always answer. And it's, it's a direct line speed dial. You are instantly in conversation with the divine. Mm, I love With, it without any restriction. Yeah, it's really the greatest. So I have a mug. Yes. <laughs> I love Kirtan. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And Julian is uh uh I always forget the term. Is it shame non-shameful plug? What is it? I'm not shameless? shameful. Shameless plug. Thank you. Shameless plug. Julian, the sweet soul that gifted us these mugs, is one of the facilitators at our temple. And he's I when I tell you that this man has a full year of offerings already on the table. It's about to be lit. It's amazing. I'm very excited. Our, our offering this year is there's something about it where it's just, 
You good? Did you I'm hear good. Something? I, I wasn't sure if you heard it. My cats are going ham. <laughs> I don't hear it. Chasing each other. <laughs> Sounds like there's a wrecking ball in here. That's so funny. Mine are all snuggled up together on a on a cushion that I had outside to clean it. And I never got around to cleaning it. So I just brought it back inside because I didn't want it to get ruined with the weather. And they just mm. snuggled right up on it. Aww. My little babies. But they do go ham as well at times. It's, it's the best. <laughs> it is so funny to watch them. I love it. Me too. Um, but, okay. So, so the tea, oh, sorry. Were you going to say something no, else? No, I was just saying, but anyways, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so the tea is very good. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a nice herbally, um, herbally profile. Mint definitely is leading. I don't mm-hmm. taste any berry, mm-hmm. honestly, but blackberry yeah, leaves do don't necessarily taste like berries. Right. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I get a little bit of a scent of eucalyptus, but I don't get any taste of eucalyptus. Maybe it's the it's the lemon balm. Maybe I'm tasting spearmint and lemon balm mostly. That could be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever knowingly tasted eucalyptus before, so I don't have something to associate it with. I think it tastes like menthol. Tastes like it smells, right? Okay. It Probably, just because it is such a strong scent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm giggling at myself. I was over here trying not to laugh into the mic because I realized that I've been over here rubbing the nipple uh, of my mug. Fantastic. Hilarious. Like, cause that's where your thumb lands or because. I, no, I was doing it like this. Like I had my hand on the mug and then one hand was right here. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Cause it was just like a texture under my hand. And then I was like, oh, that's the nipple. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Hilarious. So, so how are you today? I'm I'm really good. good. I'm good. Good. So today, when this is beautifully released, it will be Yule. It will be the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited about it. It's one of my favorite uh, holidays because it means that it's the return of the sun. I'm putting my phone on focus because I didn't want it to vibrate. But what's ironic is when we started this podcast, it had to have been in the latter part of 2020 because we recorded nothing last year or at least nothing in the latter part of last year because it's when the temple first opened Mm. and we had dedicated ourselves so much to getting the temple up and running and Mm -hmm. getting all the program done programming done but if you go back literally just a few episodes ago we did a really in-depth conversation about yule Mm-hmm. And so if you're wanting to know a lot, a lot about the history of it, I really do recommend going back. Sam and I did a good amount of research. Uh, so I wanted to take this opportunity to be just a little bit lighter. Honestly, I don't remember what we talked about in the last one because we did record it two years ago, and which mm-hmm. is wild. It is wild. Time's a lie. Right? Yeah. So my question to you is just to just to know. Like I specifically cannot remember the first time I heard Yule or what the Yule celebration was. So if you don't remember that, totally cool. But do you remember the first time that you were really intentional about celebrating Yule? Oh, it had to be within the last, what, five or six years after Mm -hmm. my wild woman training. Because the, the most I knew about Yule, I didn't understand its difference from from Christmas and until probably that point. Cause there's, um, what is it? There's, there's some classic Christmas song and it's like, I don't know, Yuletide, Yuletide blessings, Yuletide greetings, something like that is in the the standard mm-hmm. Christmas song. 
Um, <clears throat> so I just thought they were interchangeable. But my um, my pagan practice is has always been a little bit slouchy and mm-hmm. is almost always dependent upon the association of the folks I surround myself with. Yeah. So in association with you, I celebrate things more. Yes, yes, <laughs> because yes. Because you celebrate things. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. Because then even, even in celebration, right, if you get together with family, the rest of the family is celebrating Christmas. So mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. H- how, how am I supposed to celebrate Yule if it's not an independent thing aside from us having our candlelight dinners and altar building at the temple you know yeah yeah for for my um my low bar of pagan worship that meets my needs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what about you so so just to drop a little bit of knowledge just to kind of understand what what yule is and what it represents it's an it's an astrological thing first and foremost so we're in the northern hemisphere so we're celebrating winter solstice and the opposite is true for our southern hemisphere people they're celebrating their summer solstice and so basically what has happened is the earth has shifted in such a way that the sun is facing towards the tropical of capricorn which just means a point lower than the equator so Mm. we in the northern hemisphere are pointed further away from the sun so we're colder and darker exactly and our uh, days are shorter our night are longer nights are longer so we are in the season of the moon because we have tilted away we are closer to the moon so we had our full moon just this past week, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, I think it was of this past week. So in this recording, it would have been two weeks ago. We're in the, we would be in the crescent waning moon at this point when when this is released. But because of that, if you do pay attention to the cycles of the sun, or I'm sorry, the moon, it appeared brighter because we were so close to it. Mm. Now, if you were to catch the moon, just as it rises above the horizon, at least where we are at in the Ohio area, just as it rises above, it seemed huge. And then as time goes on in the evening, it gets higher and higher in the sky. So it seems smaller. But if you were to catch it just as it comes up over the horizon, it is massive. Mm. And it also, um, if you were to go back and look at each full moon of the past year, they are different colors. It's really wild. I actually mm. just saw somebody post it. They took uh, pictures of the moon and it's amazing. And, the, and they had to have taken it just as it gets up, up, up above the horizon because the colors can be different. So there was a really pink reddish moon. There was a really orangey amber moon but this past moon was very bright like clear like a clear bright moon Mm. so is that the atmosphere it could be the atmosphere absolutely that could absolutely be it but it's also because of where everything is sitting astrologically because things are moving but we don't see that they're moving if we're not really paying attention to it so it's the the sun Right. It's the reflection of the sun on the surface of the moon is the reason why we see full moons because of the where it's sitting at, where the earth is sitting at, where the moon is sitting at, all that jazz is what affects that. But that's why you'll hear some some of them call um, a pink moon. Blue moons don't look blue. Blue just a blue moon just means that there's been two full moons in one month. And that's very rare. 
Um, but it usually happens once or twice a room, oh, excuse me, a once year. or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Because we do have 13 moon cycles, even though we only have 12 months. So mm-hmm. there will be a full moon somewhere. Blue moon. Thank you. There will be a blue moon somewhere. But anyway, so what the Yule, what Yule is for the Northern Hemisphere is now the days, it is almost imperceptible, but now the days will begin to be a little bit longer because we're moving back towards, it'll be slow. It's a slow move, right? But we're moving back towards longer days, which will be our spring and then our summer. And then the opposite happens on the Southern hemisphere where their summer solstice is the longest day of the year. Mm -hmm. And so they'll be moving towards their fall and their winter. If they're, you know, where they're at actually experiences that in the physical form or not, that's just how it will be. Now, in some pagan traditions, it was seen as, so there's two battles every year between the Holly King and the Oak King. So the Holly King is the winter king and the Oak King is the spring and summer king. Mm. And so on the winter solstice, it's believed that these two kings battle and then the Oak King wins, which is why we start to move back towards the warmer months. Mm. And so on the summer solstice, they battle Mm. and the Holly King wins. And so Mm. it starts to move towards winter. Cool. That's one tradition, which I thought was pretty cool. But, and then also uh, the winter solstice is usually always celebrated on the 21st of December, though sometimes you'll see that it starts on the, at dusk on the 20th, and then it goes till uh, sunrise on the 22nd. That sometimes when you look at a lot of the Celtic wheel of the year, it'll be more than one day. And that's because it starts at dusk and it ends at dawn. Um, Wait, so it's based on a calendar, a solar calendar date and not a cosmic event? Like like an equinox is we're exactly far enough away. You know what I mean? It's not based off of the third day in December. Right. Like, well, the way that some like similar to what Easter is, Easter appears on the first thing after the first full moon, uh-huh. blah, 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 that kind of thing. So yes and no. The Stonehenge, so Stonehenge is actually believed to be the celebration of the summer solstice, but it was actually, some believe that it was actually created for the winter solstice. So when the sun rises on the winter solstice, the sun appears through the cracks of one of the, not all of the Stonehenge stones have three stones. So like a pillar, pillar, and then something that tops it. Some of them they could have had it at one point, but they've fallen off or they never had it at all. But one of the stones that's a three set, the sun directly appears mm. and you can see it split through the crack of that. Cool. Uh, but most people go to the summer solstice just because it's warmer. It's more comfortable. But like some people think that it's truly meant for the winter solstice. So there are events that happen, but they usually are celebrated within the same time frame. Oh, it's okay. also believed that some of the cultures believe that the sun stood still for 12 days. And that's where we get the 12 days of Christmas. Huh. Or the 12, well, it wasn't actually 12 days of Christmas. It was 12 days of Yule. So the 12 uh, days would start on the 21st and then it would go for 12 days. And then after that would be the noticeable return of the sun. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. And so some of the things that you would see 
well, so it would be 12 days of celebration before, before people went back into their homes, back into deep winter, back into like truly just being with their families for the most part, because the winters could be so harsh again, depending on what climate you lived in, uh, for the, for the pagan, for the people who celebrate the pagan will of the year. Cause if you think about indigenous people of these lands, that wasn't their celebration, right? Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure that they had things. And now that I say that I should be investigating how the indigenous people celebrated just so that I have that knowledge. Well, there's Serpent Mound. Those That was built with, from indigenous folks. It was, and it was built. Um, if you look at, so Serpent Mound is in Peebles, Ohio. It is absolutely phenomenal. And the idea of what's behind, like why it was created. And if you look at the, uh, so it looks like it's slithering across the earth. And if you look at the bins, those are directly towards the sun during one of the solstices. It's a huge earthen structure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huge. It is huge. Like Like you you can't take it in just standing there. The overhead is the best way to see it. Yeah. You have to like walk up this tower and then you, you can like walk around it. You can like hike around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really amazing. And it's really amazing that they did that with no modern technology, but they knew, they knew it. It's just, I just, ancient civilization surprises me because we've become so dependent on certain type of technologies that we've lost our not, I wouldn't say completely because scientists clearly has, they clearly have intuitive ways. Like, I mean, they're creating a hypothesis. Yes. But mm-hmm. it's the, the intuitive knowing that if we did this, then maybe this would happen, that kind of thing. So it's still the same way where there's intuition, but what our ancient ancestors did is just really amazing. Yeah. Any hosel. So what you'll see a lot when it comes to, so 12 days of merriment, 12 days of gift giving, 12 days of uh, food until you went more into the eating less, being slower, mm-hmm. staying indoors as much as possible, clearly tending to any animals that you might have, but everything moved slower. Everything was slower because you couldn't to conserve energy, right? That's what a lot of it boils down to is that Mm -hmm. the more energy you burn, the more food that you need to take in. And so that'll be less food for, you know, the remainder of the season. Cause it wasn't the beginning of the season, right? Like directly after harvest, that wasn't the scary Mm -hmm. times. It Mm -hmm. was the times leading up to, can we start sowing seeds? Can we start bearing some type of food so that we're not starving to death? So mm-hmm. it was closer to in bulk, which is February 1st. That was the time that was more scary. Deeper into winter. Exactly. Because yeah. it was like, it was, yes. Which mm-hmm. is weird. Cause like, as a child, I remember thinking that winter was December and that was like I the know. worst of winter, but it's not, it's, it's like not. February is kind of terrible. <laughs> yes. I like, agree. No, February spring, but it's not. Yeah. Yes. So that's, that's, but I would say that I, I first, like I, I was a witch when I was younger, but I did not, I was not aware of the wheel of the year back then. I was more, I mean, I would say more into Norse theology, although when I was younger, it was more just spell working and not holiday traditions. And, you know, I'm a kid really just paying attention to when do I not have school, Mm. (laughs) But as an adult, I would say that I started 
purposefully celebrating Yule when me and Katie, Irene, and Jessica decided that we would celebrate Yule together every year. And so, and and it's not like we did anything specific. It was just that we intentionally got together on Yule to catch up, to have fun, to conversate, to exchange gifts, that kind of thing. You guys do the summer solstice too, right? Uh, no, not necessarily. We, if we can, we try to get together for all the solstices. Uh, that's not always an option, but it's like the 21st is like, we mm-hmm. specifically don't work in the evening. We get together this year will be a little bit different. Uh, and that's okay. Just because, you know, things happen, life happens, mm-hmm. but two years ago, 2020, I believe it was 2020. I made the decision that for me, for the remainder of my days, my high holiday for the wintertime would be Yule. Like that would be like, I would specifically decorate for Yule. Mm -hmm. I, when my children are no longer in the homes and, or they have their own families, I never want to pressure them. Look, man, Having so many families to visit in one day Mm -hmm. is exhausting. It's the opposite of what we should be doing. Exactly. It's absolutely exhausting. So, or even between two days, like the 24th and 25th, because sometimes we would split things up to go one and the other or what have you, but it's exhausting. So I never want my children to feel the pressure that on December 25th, if they should have children like that, that's your day to be in your home. I mean, Clearly, if your partner wants to visit their people, that's like a discussion for you guys, but there's never going to be a pressure for them to come and visit me on the 25th. Mm. Uh, And also like, I don't know. One of the things that I've hated when I've gotten older is how many people like specifically, let's just say it's their birthday. They're like, oh, it's just another day. But I'm like, no. It's not just another day because you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this day. So let's celebrate that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a blowout party, but like, it's your birthday. That is a celebration. But I guess, I guess because I'm leaning more towards, or I am in the earth-based holidays that for me, December 25th is just another day. Mm. Now I don't see that for the 21st because I want to keep that sacred. But like, if my kids want to visit me any any of the times it's like, yes, let's just, let's make our own traditions. Mm-hmm. Cause there's no reason I cannot remember what country it is. I want to say that it's Sweden and or Switzerland, but there's this tradition. And I wish I would have known about it when my children were like a little littles where you would get a book on Christmas Eve. It was either a book and a pair, a new pair of pajamas or just a book. And then you all you did was get into pajamas and read this book like everybody would just be reading books together and it would be Mm -hmm. silent and it would just be you and your family and everybody was reading together like that sounds like a fantastic evening that does sound nice yeah yeah so there's little little celebrations uh one of my favorite things to do and i'm afraid i've made my children absolutely hate the smell of it Uh, i really really love it but i have for the past definitely the past two years if not the past three or four years have dried orange slices mm. and then yesterday my Yum. youngest yeah yesterday my youngest goes are you going to be doing that thing where you make that smell that I don't like and I was like actually I'm doing that on Thursday 
<laughs> so they fully anticipate it. One year I had my dining room table literally from end to end in very succinct lines full of citrus slices. Is that when we were making the ornaments? Yeah. Mm, yeah. That was fun. It was fun. And so the reason why citrus slices, and I just, I really do love the reason behind it. I love the look. Oh my gosh. I love the look of it. But the citrus slices, because they resemble the sun so much, if you specifically look at orange oranges, but you can also use lemons. Blood oranges are so beautiful. They're one of my favorites to dry and grapefruits, like all of those. It's because they look like the sun. So what people will do is they'll use them, they'll string them and put them on their trees or put them on their mantle, like string it across their mantle. A lot of people will string it across their windows because when the sun comes in, it looks mm -hmm. like it lights up. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed. I am obsessed. I love citrus slices. And then you could also use cranberries because tis the season. So you can use cranberries. We were talking last night about the the tradition and I clearly it was meant to bring light into the home but there's the tradition of putting <laughs> lit candles on your tree and you know honestly like I I have always wondered how could the trees be strong enough to hold up a little candle like the limb of it I don't know that's just like playing with well, fire well I don't think they were mass producing Christmas trees like they are now no no, no I know I'm, I'm not I'm talking about like a real tree like how could it hold up yeah, but I'm saying like you go to a Christmas tree farm and there's 700 trees that were grown purposefully to be cut down three years later and they're all like, oh, straggly. Yeah, not, versus not doing like good. going into the woods and finding a hardy ash tree that's lived its life to be a tree and you're, you're not right, keeping right. it up for a month and a half at right. a time. Oh, yeah, you're putting actually. it up and, and you're celebrating it for what, a week? Yeah, it's so, so it's funny. Gonna stay sturdy. Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because oh, now I can't quite remember, but there was uh, there was a specific time of the year that you would go and cut down your tree, and I think it was only like three days before the solstice, so the tree was only in your home, like you said, for just a few days. And the decorating it is part of the celebration, exactly it's part of the ritual of welcoming the sun back it's not I'm gonna have this up so I can enjoy it for as long as possible correct correct and then another thing another another celebration they would do for the 12 days is they would go and they would get a thick ass log like thick with three c's <laughs> and they would bring it inside and of course back then literally everybody had a fireplace and what you would do is you would stick one end of the log in and you would try to make this big log, I mean, however big it may be, to last for those 12 days. So you just burn the end a little bit at a time. Correct. And you would just keep pushing it in, pushing it in, pushing it in until you got to the point of it being completely on there. And hopefully it got to be to the last day, the 12th day. Is this and a then log? <clears throat> This is the Yule log, yes. Okay. Now, one thing that I can't remember now that we're talking about it is I can't remember if they said that they kept the ashes and they used it to build the fire of the next year's Yule log. That I can't remember. That could be one tradition, and I'm just remembering a few of them. But the but ashes can be very 
they can provide nutrients Mm -hmm. because like forest fires when controlled are a good thing because it's all the carbon exactly all the minerals and that was actually one of the specific things a lot of indigenous cultures did is because they knew that it would replenish the soil so Mm -hmm. they did controlled uh forest fires and the fact that we're not doing it is a disservice to some of the areas but anywho there are places that still do like bill yak the meadow they burn that meadow every year oh that's good 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 it is good but it's weird it's eerie to walk Mm -hmm. through the meadow after it's been burnt because in the summertime and in springtime it's so high and so wild and it's so loud Mm -hmm. there's so many insects and you can't see across it because the wild grasses are so tall it's amazing Mm. That is cool. So, yes. So that is the Yule log. Now, Yule logs now, a lot of the times they'll just be used as table decorations. Mm -hmm. So what you can do is you can get a a log. And if you have a drill and a hole, um, not a hole punch. A a uh, rotary cutter thing. Well, it's a, it's a hole drilling bit. Like Mm -hmm. there's a bit that specifically creates holes. There's, I mean, there's a few of them, different styles, but anyways, you can make a little opening to put candles in it. Mm -hmm. You can decorate it. You can put uh, candle wax on it. You can put greens on it, citrus slices on it. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can do it. Or you can actually make a Yule log dessert. That's, I I didn't know there was a real actual Yule log. I thought the only Yule log was a like (laughs) jelly roll cake dessert, like a giant ho-ho. That's what I thought of. That is hilarious. You know what? I don't know if I, because sometimes it's like you just find out a piece of knowledge and you're like, let me set that in the back of my brain. And then it's like, years later, you're like, I've known, I've known about this for years, but like, when did I learn? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, yeah. So I don't know when I learned that Yule logs were a thing. But when I grew up, I, for my whole high school career, I worked at a bakery. And so I was very familiar with- Did you get to decorate cakes? No, I wish I would have, but I was the, I was a sales associate and I started as a cleaner. Good memories. I wish though, that I would have been like, hey guys, teach me things. Yeah. Let me tell you. Decorate cakes. They have- the best fudge brownies this side of the Mississippi. It is addictive. For mm. my mom's 50th birthday, I got her 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 cake was a sheet cake, like a full, like fed over a hundred people brownie cake. It is delicious. It's so good. Mm. It's really yummy. What was the name of it? The cake, the brownie or the place, the bakery. The place, the bakery. Oh, it's called Evans Bakery. They are still open. They took over, it used to be called Schott Snyder's Bakery, and it was there for like, I don't know, 25, 30 years before Bill took over, and then it was theirs for another 30-ish years, and then it sold, exchanged hands, and it went to another bakery that did not survive. It was not good, and then um, and then the daughter of Bill and Rosemary, who owned Evan's Bakery, was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take back over. And so it's been open for probably a little over 10 years now. So it was really, it was really nice when they reopened for Mm. sure. I have cream puffs that are just like, oh, yes. Thank you. What's your favorite go-to Yule food? Like when you're serving your family, celebrating with your family, what's like the holiday dish? You're like, can't wait to eat that. 
Um, I don't know if I would call it a Yule food, but I do make, technically I make these three desserts. One I would say is more of like a summertime dessert, but people love it so much that I have to make it. So, okay. So there's three and I would say desserts. One is called, well, we call it crack candy, but it's actually called cracker candy and it's really simple, but you, yeah. So you put a layer of crackers down. Like most saltine people, crackers? Or yeah, crackers? most people will use saltine crackers, but truly and honestly, you could use any of them, but the butteriness of the Ritz might be a little bit too much. Mm. And then you make a, it's not a brittle, but it does turn brittle. Like a bark? Toffee? You, well, you, well, it's almost like that. So what you do is you make, you take uh, one or two sticks of butter right now. I can't remember the recipe. It's a lot of butter and then a cup of brown sugar. And you make that into a sauce that you then mm-hmm. put on top of the Ritz cracker You throw it in the oven for five minutes. And then you take it out and you take your choice of chocolate, light or dark or white or whatever. And you put the morsels on top and then you cover it for five minutes so it can get all nice and gooey. And then you spread that out. And then you have options like if you want to put crushed peppermint or nuts or what have you. And then you put it in the freezer for five minutes and then you take it out and you break it apart and it is crack. It is straight crack. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's one dessert. And that one's only a recent one. And when I did it, my <laughs> my daughters are like every year, like you just, you have to make it every year. The other one is what I call banana split pudding. Now this was a recipe that I got from my, so my aunts are names, my aunts, we don't use their real names. And honestly, sometimes I forget their real names. So I had an aunt sissy an aunt cookie and an aunt Mm. pumpkin. So aunt pumpkin had this recipe that she made every year. And it's, I don't make the filling the way that she did because at that point I didn't have a KitchenAid mixing a mixer because it took forever so I use just like store-bought pudding, but I could probably change my ways these days. But you make a, you take like a casserole dish and you make a graham cracker crust that you stuff in there. And then you make a vanilla pudding and you put it on there. And then I slice bananas and I layer the slices all over the top. And then at that point, you have the choice of using pineapples. I choose not to because too many pineapples make my tongue feel weird. Mm-hmm. And so I just like leave it off to the side so you can add a little bit if you want. And then you put homemade whipped cream because store-bought is poop. So I make homemade homemade whipped cream, which is crazy simple, crazy simple. And then I top it with uh, chocolate syrup, well, chocolate syrup, caramel syrup, like, you know, like you would a sundae. Uh-huh. So just like string it across. Drizzle. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you, a drizzle. And then I top it with cherries because it's a So wait, there's no strawberries? Pudding. It's a banana split pudding. It's a banana split pudding. Strawberries. I've never put strawberries on there. Paramount to banana splits. I could try it. I've never done it. My kids don't like cherries and they always give theirs to me. And I'm like, that's cool. I'll take your cherries. So maybe I could do it where it's like half cherries, half. Half strawberry. Half strawberry. Yeah. I'll try that next time. And then the final one is super simple. uh, Angel food cake that you tear into pieces. And you make a big vat of homemade whipped cream. Ambrosia salad. Is that what this is? <laughs> it could be. It could be considered that. And then chopped up strawberries. And you literally just take a bowl and you layer it. So oh, a little bit of whipped yeah, cream, a yeah, little yeah. bit of strawberries, a little bit I've of. I've had, this is good. Yeah. I've had It is before. good. Super good. Yeah. So the, I would say in, in regards to what I absolutely make every time are those three desserts. What do you love eating the most though? 
Is it one of those or is it somebody else's food? No. One of the things I love eating and I've only loved it as an adult is, uh, what's it called? Candied yams. Mm. But I also love sweet potatoes. I stab a bitch over a sweet potato. With marshmallows on top or just like. I'm neutral either or, but I do like brown sugar. Mm. Uh, But I'm, but I mean, if it's got marshmallows, I ain't saying no. Mm But and I like that. I pair that with stuffing. Like I love to eat those two together. Mm-hmm. It's like salty and sweet. Mm. Yeah, you're making me hungry, baby. <laughs> I know I'm hungry too. <laughs> what about you? What about you? Tell me the things. Um, okay, well, in reference to what you just said about the sweet potatoes and the stuffing. So when I was younger, I used to do mashed potatoes on my fork and then like soft press them into the corn. So I'd have yes! like <laughs> covered encrusted with corn kernels, which is also like sweet and salty. Um, I love it. Now I'm here my, for it. my favorite thing to eat, which I'm, I'm not, I don't ever go too overboard because my body it's too much for my body mostly, but cheesy potatoes. Mm. You're familiar with cheesy potatoes. I'm assuming I'm I like cheese and potatoes. Yeah. I like, so some people do it with like hash browns, like the shredded potatoes. I like it with like the diced, like cubed frozen, um, potatoes, and then, you know, cornflake crust, lots and lots of butter, lots of cheese. Incredible. Makes mm-hmm. fantastic leftovers. I, oh my gosh. Leftovers are the best. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Except, well, I don't eat, I don't eat meat anymore, but I never, ever, ever liked leftover turkey because it smells dry. weird. Oh, it does smell weird. And it's dry. So you do have to, if you're going to warm it up, you got to slather it in butter. No. <laughs> Look on your face. Pass. Hard pass. <laughs> Mm. food is good food is good I, I have made the goal to I've dabbled in it in it in the past but I've not really dedicated myself to it well I should say I've dabbled in one version and not the one that I'm wanting to learn so I want to learn how to bake bread but bake bread in such a way that it's like I know it in my bones like, like it's the way in, Neil makes bread yeah right yeah so I, but I've never made sourdough because honestly having starters, which is why I've never made, um, oh, what's it called? It's not kimchi, kombucha. It scares the hell out of me because if you do it wrong, you can get sick because it has not, not sourdough starter, but I've never messed with it. But like having a SCOBY. You can't get sick. You can't get sick from a SCOBY. Well, there's bacteria. Yeah, but it's a good bacteria. It's a SCOBY is a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. So just like there's good bacteria in your gut, there's bad bacteria, but then there's good bacteria. I'm just so afraid so, that I would not tend to it correctly and then it would go rancid and I wouldn't know because kombucha turns, has a very specific smell. It just turns into vinegar. That's it. Okay. You you can't You can't do it wrong other than the wrongness happens in like the bottling where it would be flat. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, okay. I don't mind a vinegary um, kombucha, but that's just how long you brew it before you empty it out away from okay. the scoby. But then as soon as you refrigerate it, it stops fermenting. Okay. Well, I don't know when I'll ever pick up the <laughs> want to do kombucha, but mm-hmm. I do want to do sourdough, but it also takes tending to right the starter, mm-hmm. but, but regardless bread in general. I just want to know how to make it in my Dutch oven mm. from my bones. Mm. And I also want to learn how to do it, not just in the oven. Like I want to learn how to fire cook it. 
Like fire cook bread. Like that is like, that's what I want to do. So that's my goal for this next year because uh, of the weekend retreats that I'm offering. That's one of the things that I want to be able to offer to people is to also learn how to do fire made bread. It's going to be dependent upon the fire though. Well, what you do uh, is you take the lid and if you don't have a lid that's recessed on a Dutch oven, you can flip it upside down, although you might get the impression of the handle on it, mm-hmm. but you set it and you take the coals of the fire or and the wood and you put it on top. Yeah. And then that's the way you can control it. Yeah. But like, how do you even know? Like you can control it externally, but unless you have a thermometer in there, how do you know? There's that's the thing, right? It's like you, you do it so often that you just know. But even like when we were talking with Neil last night, he's still like very scientific about it where he's like, I'll just sit with it and I'll squish it and I'll look at it and just look at the center of it or like a slice of it and Mm -hmm. see how it like, yeah. Yeah. What's the crust taste like? How does it crumb all Mm -hmm. of these? What's the crack? Like there's a crack at the, on On the the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that's what. That's what I would like to do. Now I have baked in a fire with my Dutch oven, but it's only been for cobblers, like peach Mm. cobbler. It's so good. It's so good. Mm. So that is something that I'll be offering too. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's so good. I know. I want to make soup now. I know. It's like, I just want to go cook, but I actually have to run to the store and go get slices, (laughs) slices of, uh, or not slices, but citrus to make slices. Uh, So is there any tradition that you have, even if it no longer, you no longer subscribe to the idea of what Christmas is, or even if Yule is only through your lens of how we celebrate it together, which I'm hoping that I'll have your Yule gift done by next week. Oh, yeah, I just figured out I had been going back and forth and I just figured out what it was yesterday. And I'm also going to have one for me because I can't not, but. Oh, nice. Yeah. But is there something, is there a tradition that you've done in your family that it's like, yeah, this is what I'd like to do forever and always. Well, we always do one gift on Christmas Eve night mm-hmm. before we go to bed, we get to open one gift yeah. and that was you get when to I choose. Was- no okay um yeah when I was little my mom would do that with us and then Ayla she we do that with with my child now and then we haven't done it since we all like separated and dispersed from my from my mom's like central location but we also used to do um the Christmas pickle oh yeah where you find the the pickle on the tree Uh yeah yeah but we had we haven't done that a long time (laughs) That was something that was something that I didn't do in my family, but my ex-husband did it. So the kids have done that because we Mm -hmm. got a pickle specifically for the tree. Mm -hmm. There's this, uh, hold on. I'm going to pull back just a little bit so I can grab this. I can't remember the full story, so I might butcher it, but do you see this sweet little spider? Oh yeah. So I purchased this. I usually get I usually get everybody an ornament to represent something that they've done for the year. Mm. That is, and we never did that in my family, but that is something that I wanted to do because I thought, how cool would it be once my kids get off and be on their own? They can then take these ornaments and have 
a lifetime full of memories. Right. Mm -hmm. And so not every year, I don't buy myself something every year, but I definitely wanted this one. So this is a, for those that can't see it, it is a wire spider brass or something. Yeah. It's brass and it has for its cute little butt, the body, it is a prism. And so the story behind this, and I cannot remember it fully, but it has to do with St. Nick, Santa Claus. And he came into a home one evening. Oh gosh, now that I'm like trying to talk about it, I can't remember. But basically there was a, how it's the story of how we got tree tinsel. Oh. Is because a very special spider, her webs were silver or her, her silk was silver. And so she loved being in the home of this family so much that she wanted to decorate the tree for them. Or it's something like that where she decorated the tree for the family. But Mm -hmm. I can't remember if, if Santa Claus left it, left the spider, or if the spider was like just living in the family, but they were so kind to not not kill it. It Mm -hmm. is something like that. But basically the silver of that, I want to say it might be Germanic origins, but I could also be wrong about that. But, uh, that is the like folk tale at least one of them of how we got silver tinsel for the tree was because Mm. the spider silks were silver and then I keep this in my window all year like I just prop it so that I can see the light shine through the prism Mm. it's beautiful yeah you should um well not that you should do this but I I love your idea with the giving your children their ornaments but then when they leave, you're going to have not only an empty nest, but an empty tree. I'm cool with that. You should get two. You should get two of each. And then that way (laughs) they get the one that's been on the tree and then you can just replace it with your leg. No, it's cool. Okay. I've been collecting elaborate bird ornaments for years. I don't get them every year, but I have been getting them for years. Mm -hmm. And then I just figured that that would, I would just have a bird ornament tree. kind of similar to like the way they did the theme of santa claus last last night that we saw at julian and neil's house a whole tree with different saint nicks on it Mm -hmm. or father santa's yeah father christmas that's what he is he's not a father santa (laughs) (laughs) but also i have also really loved the idea of going down to the literal basics and just doing citrus and Mm -hmm. cranberries Mm-hmm. Like, I think I would be happy with that. And it doesn't have to be the same thing every year. But honestly, when my kids aren't with me for Christmas, I tend to not put up the tree. Right. Well, so we have our tree up and I put, um, I have these, it's, it's like a wooden beaded garland and they're red balls and it looks like a mm. garland of uh, cranberries. It's so mm-hmm. sweet. And then the tree itself is lit already, but we didn't put any, um, we didn't put any ornaments on it because my cats won't stay out of it. Well, my one cat, my one cat will not stay out of the tree. She just tears through it, but it's freaking amazing. And then of course we narrate her inner dialogue about how this is the best cat toy ever. <laughs> just like Jerry through it's like we should just leave it up all year round for her because that's it funny. Provides incredible enrichment. And then there's um pine cones glued on randomly as well. Okay, yeah. We'll just like just tunnel through and just like side bite some pine cones every now and then. It's adorable. 
but I don't want her to break our ornaments. Wait, we yeah. haven't used glass ornaments in a long time. I always keep those away since we've had the, the one cat, but now we have two cats. So it's yeah. just not worth it. Do you have any major plans to like lead us into the end of our podcast? Do you have any specific plans for this upcoming holiday? Um, I have all of the holidays to go to. I have partners Christmas party. I have partners grandparents. I have partners parents. I have my parents and I have our Yule celebration. So that's five. I've yeah. got five celebrations. <laughs> it's, it's too much. Unlock. It's too much. But I understand. I, I I do understand. And also, but also like beautiful things that you don't have to be the one responsible for literally anything. Right. Right. That's the plus side. You get to have yummy foods and. There's a certain amount of guilt though. Like I never used to have any guilt, like strolling into someone's house, eating their food, receiving gifts. You know, I, I give a gift as well, but it's not the same when you're the child, right? If there's, Mm -hmm. and, and then now being someone who's hosted not necessarily like Christmas gathering, but hosted space for people and fed people and like provided for people many times, it just feels like kind of wrong to just stroll in and stroll out, you know, like if I'm not contributing something just receive. Yeah. Well, feels like a lot though to just receive from five, well, four, four of the gatherings. Can I ask you to tell a quick story? Sure. Because I don't remember (laughs) if this was something that we talked about the last podcast. And if it is, then ha ha, you get it for a bonus. Okay. But I absolutely love the story of the drums that you made for your partner's family and then what happened from that. Can you oh, tell that story? Yeah. yeah. So Taylor wanted my partner wanted to give his family, each of each of his parents, um, so his, his mom, his dad, his aunt, and his grandma each drums. So we made four separate, they were probably 15 inch, maybe 13 inch deer hide drums, and we made them together. And, um, and then what'd you put on the inside? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So Taylor had asked different people for like, um, like a prayer or like a thought that comes to mind for a different person. So he asked for his grandmother, he asked his dad, Hey, what's, what's like a prayer or what's something you want to offer to your mom, like what's something that you think of for her? And so then we took what he said and we put it on the inside of his grandmother of his grandmother's drum. So it was also like they gifted through each other without even knowing it. <laughs> I love it. It was really beautiful. So then every time they would strike the drum, then these these prayers and these offerings and whatever else, you know what I mean, would be vibrating out into the world. Um, yeah, really sweet. It was really, really he thought of that all in his own. I was like pretty impressed. It's like kind of <laughs> very sexy. <laughs> Um, but then they all open the gifts and, and, you know, there was like, it's, it's a huge gift exchange. There's like a whole bunch of grandkids and things. And, um, and I'm like, are they even like, you know, they, how are they're not even going to appreciate these drums in the way that like, they're meant to be appreciated. Like I've never seen them play a drum. They're probably mm-hmm. just going to put it away. It's a, but it was still really incredible and beautiful to make them with him. But then they opened the drums and they were so flipping delighted and they would not <laughs> stop playing the drums. And then even when the drum playing was done and someone would, would just be talking, then one of the other adults would just start banging on the drum, like over the conversation and making each other laugh. It was so sweet. And then 
his um his grandma was like i'm gonna i'm gonna like learn some things on this and then by the next holiday i'm gonna like have a whole song to play you on the drum it was so sweet it was they were so delighted it went over incredibly well i love it that's one of my favorite stories a good one yeah taylor always gets something random and ridiculous for for them like things that you would never think that they would like (laughs) like he bought them all um was it pajamas one year it was before i started dating him but he was telling me about it so like everyone just goes along with it now because they just know he's gonna do something ridiculous and like it's better if you just go with it so he got everybody some ridiculous nonsense pajamas that were like i don't remember if they were like gorilla suits or something but (laughs) I don't know. Just, like onesies? Yeah. No, oh, yeah. that's funny. That's good. <clears throat> Very good. Lovely. What, oh, uh, what am I doing? Is that what yeah. you want to ask? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my, my, my two youngest will not be with me for Christmas. So I, I I'll be spending it with my, my family, but we're going to have pasta instead of the regular fixins. Mm. Although I was asked to make those three desserts <laughs> specifically. <laughs> So I will be making them again. And then uh, for Yule, I'll be spending it with almost the whole group that I that I normally spend it with. Oops, I just hit my mic. And I just have a feeling it's going to be quiet. And mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. The one thing, and I don't know why it popped in my head, and this has nothing to do with my family Christmas or what I'm going to do, but I want to post a picture on Instagram with our tree at the temple. Mm-hmm. We have to get new lights though, because they did, they're not working anymore. And I had a feeling that that was going to happen. The Yoni tree? Yeah. The lights, they, it, they worked and then they didn't just because oh. string lights like that, mm-hmm. they, they're really only good for a year or so. Mm-hmm. But anywho, so, so at our opening last year, it was just before Christmas. It was, it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving was our grand opening. And this, these group of just the wildest, sweetest souls gifted us a mini tree with Yoni shaped ornaments. And then and they painted them and they painted them. And then my oldest friend, Melissa made a Yoni tree skirt that is like meant for a full size tree. Yeah. So they're really big and they are just perfect. Huge vulvas, bigger than your head with yes. pearls, yeah, torses, little and little felt pockets. It's adorable. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. So we'll get we'll get some pictures and we'll share them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's too good not to celebrate. I and know. then and then somebody took like a pre-made uh Christmas tree topper and made a yoni and put it on top of it. So there's just like literally yonis everywhere and I freaking love it. It's good. <laughs> it is good. All right, sweet soul. Do you feel complete? I feel complete. I feel good. I feel complete. I got a purring cat on my lap. I see that. The world is right. The world is right. Well, I hope you get some soup. (laughs) And I don't know what I'm going to eat, but I'm going to eat something. All right. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.